This is Rock and Roll Grad School with your hosts, Heidi Hedquist and Luke Poling. They're just burning, doing the Neutron Dance. Hola, kitties. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a good time together, and I'm only saying that in English because I don't know how to say it in Spanish. My Spanish is very poor. Can you say oh, it in Spanish? No, not at all. I could all ask right. Randy. Not the same. You know that. Um, so we are going to have a good time together. It, maybe it's me. Maybe it's just the uh, alignment of the stars. But I feel like there has been a lot of Latin music in my life as of late. Spicing things up a little bit. I think so. And maybe it's Getting just away because. Getting from your foxtrot. Exactly. Um, my Yankee hotel foxtrot well of course i and and it could just simply be that uh i just watched in the heights and suddenly Uh i feel like i am filthy with latin music Uh uh-huh but talking with arthur sort of researching arthur i watched uh his his special that's on hbo max Uh was it piano emu hair i believe i think so okay we'll cut this part out yeah cut this out um but it's really nice Special, well done. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Arthur's a fascinating guy. He is not just because he grew up in Detroit. No, far far beyond that. Although, right. don't hurt course, none. Yeah, always love <laughs> yeah. that. That always adds bonus points. No, and he did one of the things that I think that we both love and always exchange a look during the interview of. I can't believe this is happening when he is sitting at his instrument as we're talking. Yeah, and turns and the only way he can explain the answer to a question is to start playing yeah yep which is right up fantastic yeah so these little private concerts are pretty pretty nice perks to the gig agreed and uh we talked about let's see i mean the the special his new album talked about his collaborators talked about why he is drawn to latin music Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about how he must be a hell of a client for a real estate agent. Yes. We covered all the important things. We did. You knew. We talked about Detroit, obviously. Yeah, I think I cut most of that out. So. I'm sure you did. <laughs> You're obviously not coming to Sochimoko with us, so. That's fine. true. notes that this was something you've wanted to do for a while what was it about this concept that made you be like one of these days i'm going to put this on record well you know uh, at 17 i actually started playing gigs in detroit um, weddings uh enjoy social hall on telegraph was like we're the house band awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you know, right agency and um a lot of times if the, the people didn't have you know money for the whole band the agent was always all right we're gonna send arthur his piano and the female vocalist arthur and the vocalist it was like time after time again. So it's a format that I love and all the standards, all the repertoire, you know, I'd take my little keyboard or whatever, go to the wedding or go to the reception. And 
So I had this in mind, like, you know, what about if I, you know, at this level, uh, you know, with other recording artists do piano imuher, you know, just really simple. Then the pandemic hit, you know, no more concerts, no more planes. And I thought now's the perfect time. It's something I've wanted to do for a long time. And apart from growing up in a house with three sisters, my mom and my grandmother, you know, um, what's more important than the woman, a powerful woman in the pandemic, you know, to take care of the family. And so, so I just went for it with Sony. We started, you know, in March to work on it. You said, you, wait, you started in March of last year or this year? March last year, yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, after two weeks of crying in my beer, I'm like, I, I got to do this. this. This is something I really want to do. And and Sony said, awesome, awesome idea. Let's go for it. <laughs> How did you determine which of these phenomenal female voices were the ones that you were going to include or work with? Well, everyone had an uh, opinion as, you know, well, let's get this one, this, this, this ours. But I said, you know what, dude, I'm going to start. I just want to call my friends first. You know, people I've worked with before that I know really, really well. Um, so the first one I called was Gojo in Colombia, because I did a single with Chucky Town like three years ago, and it was a, you know, awesome vibe. Like, Gojo, how's he doing? How's the family? He's like, here, and three, cuatro, para you know, I'm here between four walls, <laughs> basically doing nothing. I'm like, well, me too. <laughs> and I explained the project. She's like, dude, I, I really want to start working again. Let's go. And count on me. So she flew from Colombia. County Garcia flew from Puerto Rico. Now, Natalia Menace was stuck in Mexico because of uh, she thought she had COVID, but she didn't. So the guy, they put her like in this thing for a month. It, it was like a mess, as you can imagine. Finally, she went to change the dates a couple of times, but everyone made it. Uh, we recorded everything live. And uh, here we are. It's like crazy. <laughs> Is that usually how you like recording? Recording live in the room? I do. I much prefer that than uh, the initial, you know, because of COVID, they're like, okay, Arthur, you got your pianos, you got your studio in your house. You do that. Well, uh, the chick, the girls will do it there and we'll just, we'll just mix. But then I get together with Motif, the producer is a great friend. And then we're like thinking, it's like, you know, it's not the same. Let's, let's, let's just do it. Let's get them here. Uh, hardly anyone was recording back then. So we had, we didn't have restrictions for studio time at all. So it, it was, it was, you know, instead of like three, four hours, okay, record, get out of here. We had like two days for each, so to explore these ideas and just like try whatever. So it really, it was it was amazing for you know for because of COVID that we had this this extra time and you know and, and entered this different energy too. Well, to that point, you said having this extra time. Did the arrangements and what you kind of visualized and talking it through before getting in the room together did that change a lot from what's on the final record? Yeah, I tried not, you know, I had a basic idea of what we wanted to do, but I tried to just go in really fresh with each one and, you know, without any preconceptions and, and say, what are we going to do? Like Eveluna Montaner, you know, she's she's super spiritual, uh, as is her whole family. I grew up playing a lot of blues in Detroit, so I was thinking hallelujah. So, you know, after like a couple of, I'm just... That was the initial groove. And then she comes in and just starts you know, vamping under this glorious, uh, you know. And that contrast, so yeah, that's it, that's it. And, you know, super organic. And every song was like that because of the time we had because of, really because of COVID. <laughs> so interesting. Because so many people we've spoken to have made records during this time and talked about like, we had to do it remotely and how much they liked it. And it, to hear you talk about it like clearly there's that energy that just cannot be faked any other way than being in the same room with another musician and kind of seeing where it goes yeah and all of those they're uh, all five of them connie and natalia gojo evelina nella they're all amazing live like the first time i met nella um 
she was a new artist with Sony and the uh, president of Sony calls me like, dude, yeah, this uh, uh, woman's in town. She's amazing. She's in Venezuela. She really wants to do a showcase with you. When is it? Like this afternoon. Like, <laughs> okay. So there was a lot of traffic. I get there late. It had already started. So we couldn't rehearse basically. We're backstage. All right, what key? Uh, what's the vibe? <laughs> we just went for it. But she was so good and we could improvise like that. So and that, that's kind of the spirit I wanted for this album too, just to get, okay, make it, make it as fresh as possible. When did you know that this was going to be your career? Not that you were just phenomenal at it and playing gigs here and there, but this was going to be what you were doing forever. It was a struggle, <laughs> as you can imagine. You know, my, my parents, I have six brothers and sisters, they're like, you know, music, I don't get it. I don't see it at all. Uh, but uh, they, they supported me a lot. And my, my parents were like, okay, dude, look, if you get into Manhattan School of Music, you know, because you, you have to do, you have to study, study, study. If you get into somewhere like that or Juilliard, maybe we'll talk. But if not, you know, you got to work like the rest of the family. Uh, I got in, um, but what my parents didn't realize is Manhattan is in 122nd in Broadway and uh, Morningside Heights and a neighborhood full of uh, Puerto Ricans and Colombians and Dominicans. And I was like a kid in the candy store. That's like, after playing Motown stuff, it was oh my God. <laughs> so I kind of, my career took this Latin turn. Um, and then I moved to LA and it's, I just, you know, it's not like, okay, I'm going to make it. Or I just, it's just, I'm dying to do this. I just have to do it. So I formed a Latin band and started playing gigs in LA. And, you know, kind of one thing led to another after several years, <laughs> you know. What is it about the Latin that really sucked you in? Uh, rhythm, for sure, it's, it's the rhythm. Whether it be a Mexican guapango, que es a... Or, you know, or a merengue. Or Cuban, uh, you know, I could go with the flamenco from Spain. It's got, you know, the, the wonderful melody, the passion of the lyrics. Yes. And, and there's piano all over the place. In the, in the right, that's true. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> it, it's, all, it's all very sexy, all of it. Well, yeah, and then my mom started calling me Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde because I was <laughs> playing Bach and Beethoven and Mozart. And then at night started playing Latin music. And she's like, what do you, you know, you're like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. It's like, <laughs> But if you had to pick two types of music to play, those composers and those genres, you could do worse. Yeah. Let's be honest. Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> So this record, you also did an HBO special or an HBO Max special to accompany it um, with a full band and a gospel choir and everything. It seems like such a opposite of what this album is. It, how hard was it to translate these songs and the emotions you put on this record into that big a, a band setting to try to you know arrange it for that many instruments? Well, yeah, uh, we did the musical part in the studio and then HBO was really interested. Um, and then again, I was with Motif and, uh, he, you know, he plays like four instruments. He's uh, Mark Anthony's main songwriter. He, he's amazing. And so, <laughs> yeah, it was, we had this intimate vibe with the piano and the thing, but, okay, it's HBO. What are we going to do? We had this uh, Vianna Theater in Vianna Hotel in Miami was completely shut down because of COVID. So they just said, okay, go for it. We have the theater here. We, we converted the theater into like a soundstage. And then we're talking with Motif, you know, what's going to do that's different? Okay, Natalia, you know, she's Spanish. She loves uh, every, you know, his passion for Mexican music. What about mariachi? Okay, like a rock and roll mariachi. Like, okay, let's do that. And uh, Eva Luna, we had Alleluia. 
gospel choir would be great. So we just kind of snow, kind of snowballed. And okay, we have to have an all-female band because it's piano and mujer. It's like, and so we go back to Sony with it. Well, there's a couple budget uh, concerns. <laughs> we, what gospel choir, mariachi, rock and roll mariachi? What is that? You know, um, but they were really, really supportive. Um, also, I think because you know the energy of of COVID, everyone everyone was like open to let's try something. Let's just let's just see what see what happens. Have you worked with the gospel choir before? No, no, I, I never have. This is the first time. Yeah, we got to get one on this show just to sing as we do ask questions. I feel like that'd be perfect. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, you know, it's um, it, it's a, it's kind of like you know, in the south of Spain, the, the flamenco is like a like a state of being. It's not just the music and that gospel choir. It's the same. It's the same thing. And we started recording. And I was like, oh, we are looking at motif and like, I was like, this is this is amazing. This is amazing. <laughs> Magic. I love it. That's amazing. So uh, playing the piano to me is one of the most challenging. I mean, I don't, it just, you have to be so nimble with two different hands doing two different things at all different times. Does that talent translate to other things? Like, are you really good at cooking and doing something else at the same time? Are you really good at playing tennis? Or is that something that's truly focused on the music and then you're a klutz like the rest of us when you're not on the piano? Oh, that's interesting. I love to cook. Maybe, you know, <laughs> and using my hands and that. I played a lot of baseball as a kid uh, until I was 18 and my hands wouldn't be aching after practice because mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't really go with piano. I, you know, I don't know. I started playing when I was six and it was just, it really truly was love at first sight. You know, this is like my best friend, uh, my confidant, my psychologist, uh, you know, my girlfriend, uh, whatever it's, uh, you know. <laughs> Do you have a favorite piano? Is that one your, fa is that your favorite of your pianos? Um, I, I, I love the color and it brings <laughs> personalities that you know they really they do they mm -hmm. totally do yeah. I remember just even what little I played as a child the one at home felt so different than the one at my piano lessons yeah right it, yeah it, it's not the same and that one um back there is seven foot it's bigger uh it's more serious <laughs> more serious sound uh yeah. what I play every day is behind that's the very first one I bought at, for like six thousand dollars it's a Korean piano but I compose on that I got all these, but I, I, there's something about the first piano that I bought when I was 21 uh, that I do all my writing there. So to this day, it's like. I can only imagine your, real, imagine your real estate agent when you're like, so I've got, how many pianos do you have at home? Three, four? Um, five. <laughs> five. Yeah. So I need five. Uh, some sort of patio would be nice. <laughs> right. Master bed, bath, you know, master closet. Um, God. How? What do you usually travel with when you're touring? Uh, Piano-wise? Yeah. A, a keyboard a lot of times, uh, but they always get a piano there. So I like to have both usually. You know, I, I love to have the, um, you know, the electric sound, but also the acoustic for to mix it up and, you know, a little, yeah, give it. <laughs> and of course, I feel like we need to mention that's a Yamaha that you're playing since that's your, they're your brand. I, I just signed with Yamaha. Yeah, I'm so excited. And we did our first press conference last week in New York, which was amazing. They have this artist, uh, this artist like floor on Fifth Avenue. You, you know, talk about a kid in the candy store. You go in, they have like 10 nine foot uh, Yamahas. Or which one do you want? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> what don't I want? 
Oh, you say, because I love this for my, what I do too. The, the, the Yamaha sound, it's, it's very bright and it's, it's poppy, but it's also deep uh, and lush for like, you know, ballads and, and stuff like that. And, uh, and it was humbling, you know, because uh, they said, oh, this is the one Paul McCartney's with us too. He was playing this a couple, you know, months ago. Like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> right. <laughs> <I'm big. laughs> You know, to go back to the record, you said you're working with Motif. Had you worked with him before? And what was that collaboration like? I had never worked with Motif. We've been talking about it for about five years now. Um, and I met him actually through through Mark, through Mark Anthony, too. Because um, in my TV special I did for PBS, Encanto del Caribe, uh, which we filmed in Puerto Rico, Mark was on it and Laura Pausini. So I, I met Motif and knew of him. Uh, you know, he, he, at the time he was playing guitar and singing. I'm like, oh, dude, that's amazing. That's your main instrument. And he goes, no, actually my main instrument's piano. He plays, he's one of, one of these guys that is just uh, freakishly talent, talented, <laughs> you know? So working with him was, was, was amazing. How did that back and forth go? Did you kind of toss songs back and forth or come up with ideas or names? What was his role in all of this? Well, mostly focus. I had some very clear-cut ideas. Um, in it was between you know the the the, the vocalist myself and, and him. You know, definitely was a group decision for everything. And in the key, what the trick was. All right, how do we get like Evidencias de Ana Gabriel from 1992? Like it's a huge hit. Uh, you know, world number one, I believe. And then I kind of wanted to do that. And I'm okay, cool. How do we? keep the, you know, how do we respect the song, but how do we make it different at the same time? So Motif was really, uh, you know, helpful in coming up with that. And the way I looked at it was, and we the studio and I'm thinking, you know, um, Connie is an amazing uh, singer songwriter, like an introspective energy, uh, incredible. So I was like thinking, what would a prepared personality be on piano? And I kind of skipped. cool fire man fire that's his favorite word uh, so uh, yeah and so he who was he was instrumental in helping uh, you know just helping the whole thing come together and to go to some of the songs that you did i mean you mentioned hallelujah uh before and you even played a little bit of it one or two other people have done that song that's a lot of pressure to be like how, how do i do something that is you know holds true to the message of the song and what i think the songwriter was trying to say and how do i say that was very nice leonard cohen but now i'm going to go do this other thing like that's such a it's a thin line you have to walk absolutely and the last thing i want is you know what is this guy doing trying to copy leonard cohen you know uh, right yeah that was a concern that three in the morning several nights <laughs> what am i doing <laughs> I don't know, but when Evaluna, you know, this is the first time she uh, re she records in English, so that was like really cool too. So that was like different. Um, she's got she's like, like 16 million literally fo followers on Instagram, and it's, it's everything's in Spanish, 100. percent English is better than mine, uh, actually. And so, so that was that. And I was saying, okay, just keep it, keep it simple. Like, how would I do this? Like uh, playing a gig in Detroit, uh, you know, in blues. Mm -hmm. That's how I started it, and you know, I came out completely. You know, it came out, I think, very unique. Uh, people you know, were really surprised at how uh, the reaction we've been getting, so. It's a, it's, a, it's a great version. And I'm very picky on my hallelujahs. It's a, it is a really 
phenomenal. I was worried. I freely admit I was worried. And then I heard it and it was amazing. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That means a lot to me. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Oh, my uncle is a blues drummer here. So it'd be funny if your paths had crossed at some point, but He's much older, um, but yeah, he's a finale. He was with Ben Moore in the Blues Express, and he played with a bunch of the, um, you know, the the studio musicians from Motown and going to all the blues clubs. Even when I was way too young to be there, it's just that Detroit wow. blues is outstanding. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I gotta get you back. <laughs> back from LA. Are things open to open up now? Opening mm-hmm. up? Yeah, we're actually we're pretty good here. You know, knock on wood, but yeah, things Very are opening funny. back up. Concerts are coming back. I went to a Tigers game, so awesome. it's happening. <laughs> so, were you exposed to Latin music a bunch growing up? Because you said when you got to New York that living up in Spanish Harlem was just sort of this bloom of all of a sudden everything that's just coming out everywhere. Um, were you exposed to that style of music a lot growing up? No, I, I wasn't. Tons of Motown, obviously. And um, n- going back now, I listened to Stevie Wonder stuff, though. He was hugely influenced by Latin. Yes. You know? You know, um, so in a way that I knew a lot of, uh, now several percussionists in Detroit that played, you know, as you know, in Motown, there's percussion on almost everything. Yeah. Uh, so that's it. But uh, no, merengue, salsa, bachata, all that stuff was, you know, I heard it in New York for the first time and it was like, it blew me away. <laughs> when you look back now at your career and where you've gotten, do you wish you had grown up with those records earlier? Or do you think it made you a, it just sort of helped style your voice and your tone as a musician that you weren't coming at it from a, I listened to nothing but Latin music from birth upwards wow what a great question you know i don't i don't know um i think being so naive at the you know i moved to la i'm gonna form my latin band which i did i started playing gigs i could not get a record deal though for six years and i moved to miami and imagine after like nine months in miami i got signed by a a record label in la of course yeah <laughs> makes perfect sense <laughs> makes perfect sense and my manager at the time uh, was fernand martinez he was uh enrique iglesias manager and he's like, oh this is a gringo que toca la musica this is, this is a gringo that plays latin music so there was that kind of gimmicky thing that vibe that really got me into the door that, so what you know all of a sudden i was this guy from miami i've been there nine months and this is a guy right. from miami that's playing latin music i love it you know but crazy <laughs> How long did it take but that you? Does oh. show, sorry, but that does show your talent and the love you really have for the music that you were accepted that quickly into the community and in being embraced for your talent, you know, because you can't phone that in. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was hard. The first album, you know, uh, definitely. I was so excited. I got signed. I flew out to LA and I go to the uh, phone release. It was the name of the label. And they were looking at me, you know, the reception, uh, like, you are, oh, you must be the new accountant. You know, this white guy. No, it was a Ah, okay. Uh, it took a couple of albums. Um, but then I had a, a I wrote a song um, with Tita Nieves sang it, and it went to number one. So that was a, like definitely a game changer. So, oh, yeah. 
it definitely shuts a few people up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <I feel> good. <laughs> Arthur Hanlon's Piano y Mujer is available to watch right now on HBO Max. You can also buy the album wherever you get your records. For more information, you can check out Arthur's website, arthurhanlon.com. He's also on Facebook, where he is at facebook.com slash Arthur Hanlon Music. You can check us out on all the various socials. Be sure to visit our website at rockandrollgradschool.com. And don't forget to leave us a review. Today's show is produced by myself and Heidi Hegquist. Our reluctant producers are John Sauvey and Sandy Stone. Our willing producers are Rachel Allen and Randy Jeanette. Our intern is Zach Jackson. This one's for Philippe. Thank you, good night, and may all your favorite bands stay together. Pues te entrego Necesito hablar las cosas que yo sé Y después me niego Y la verdad es que estoy loca ya por ti Que tengo miedo